In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today is the fifth Sunday of Lent. And today the Gospel is from John chapter 5. In the Gospel of today, it speaks about a paralytic man who was paralyzed for 38 years. And after 38 years, he has a beautiful encounter with the Lord. And in the Gospel, the Lord asks the paralytic... He asked him a very interesting question. He asked the paralytic, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? It might seem like a dumb question, but it's not a dumb question. Actually, it's a very important question. And it's one that we all must answer. Many of us, we might feel like the paralyzed man. We might feel broken. We might... No, things are not right with us. We might feel stuck in a sin. We might feel paralyzed in in this life, and we don't know how to get out of this circle. But the Lord is asking each one of us today, Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Today the Lord is offering healing. He's offering healing. He's offering the opportunity to be made well. He's offering a new life. And He's offering forgiveness of sin. He's offering forgiveness of sin. But in order to get well, in order to get well, I think we need to do three simple things. Three simple things in order to get well. We must have, number one, we must have the desire to get better. The desire to get better. When the Lord asks you, do you want to be made well? The answer should be, yes, absolutely, I want to be better. Please make me well. I'm broken, I'm in need of healing. Last night I was reading a blog by a Christian therapist. And this Christian therapist, from all her years in counseling, she writes something interesting. She says, the longer I have been in private practice, the more I have come to realize that the truth is that not everyone, that, that not everyone really does want, sorry, I've come to realize that the truth is that not everyone really does want to get well. And these are people that are going to her for therapy. She realized that her patients don't really want to get better. She says, some people are more comfortable in their own discomfort. Some people are more comfortable in their own discomfort that they are not willing to risk the discomfort of the unknown to get well. Some are afraid of the unknown. I thought that was amazing. And it describes sometimes all of us. We feel trapped. We know we want to get better, but we're, not, we're afraid to take the next step to change. Sometimes we become comfort, comfortable in our discomfort. And then unfortunately, it would be very difficult to get healing. So then the answer, do you want to be made well? You'd be like, eh, kind of. I'm a little, eh. Naaman the Syrian, when he was sick with leprosy, he had a, like a dreaded skin disease. And he sought healing from the man of God, from the prophet Elisha. And it's written in the scripture that when Naaman the Syrian, he went to Elisha, Elisha didn't even meet him. 
didn't even meet him. He sent him a messenger, and the messenger told him, so Naaman said, go wash in the waters of the Jordan, dip yourself, and you'll be fine. Naaman, he's so furious. Furious. He said, what? What is this? What is this? He thought Elijah, it's written in the scripture, he thought Elijah was going to come out and do like some magic wand or something and touch his skin or do something and heal him. But Elisha didn't do any of that. And so he was very furious with this response. And then he said, why am I going to go to the waters in Israel? And I have waters in Syria. Why don't I just go to the waters of Syria? And then one of his servants said something so nice to him. You remember what the servant said to Naaman? He said, my father, if, my, if the prophet told you to do something great, would you not have done it? He says, how much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? In other words, the servant told Naaman, said, if the prophet told you to do something difficult, you would have done it. But actually the prophet, he made it so easy for you to, make, to get healing. All he wants you to do is to go wash and be clean. So easy. The lesson for us in the story is that God was ready to make Naaman like heal him. He was ready to heal him. But Naaman, I don't think he wanted to get well. He wanted to, he sought out healing, but he was not willing to do what the prophet said to get better. Even though it was so easy. So easy. His pride, maybe his comfort in his discomfort, almost caused him to miss the opportunity for healing. And similarly, sometimes our pride, or sometimes our misery... (laughs) We're not willing to do what is required to be healed, to, required for our healing. For example, many struggle with thoughts. Who's, who doesn't struggle with thoughts here? No one struggles with thoughts here? No one. Either you're or you're all sleeping. I don't know which one. Obviously. You don't struggle with thoughts? No one? I don't see any head into name. Yeah, we all struggle with thoughts, huh? And actually, sometimes we suffer from maybe depressive thoughts. Maybe we suffer from egotistical thoughts. Maybe we have lustful thoughts. Maybe we have angry thoughts. Maybe we have hateful thoughts. But the best solution, you know what the best solution to all of these thoughts are? Actually, something very easy. So easy. Actually, so easy. The best solution to all of these thoughts is like the Jesus prayer. To say the Jesus prayer. The Jesus prayer. My Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. When the thought comes to you, do these, say this prayer. So easy. So easy. Another very easy technique to take away bad thoughts is matanyas very easy so easy to do a couple matanyas to put your face to the ground this is an easy way to rid of all the bad thoughts so easy how is it difficult to say my lord jesus christ have mercy on me is it is it difficult it's very easy but the jesus prayer and matanyas actually they're easy in thought <laughs> very easy in thought but very difficult in practice. Very difficult in practice. 
We might go to the gym and we can lift a thousand pounds and we can do we exercise for hours. Just to do five matanyas, my back. Very difficult, I promise you. Very difficult. Very difficult. Why? Because the devil in his diabolical twisted like like in his in his mind, he makes the very easiest solution seem so difficult. The devil would love for you to stay sick and to have these thoughts. And he would love to plague you with these evil thoughts. He would have loved for Naaman to go back to Syria with his leprosy. It's very easy. The question is very easy. The question is, do you want to be made well? Solution is very easy. The Lord is telling us he has the solution for us and it is easy. But are we willing to do what is required for us to be healed? Number two, in order to be healed, in order to get well, we must stay close to the place of healing. We must stay close to the place of healing. It's undoubtedly the miracles took place at this pool. This pool was a place that was really like amazing. It says, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Whatever disease. If you just got into the pool first. And many fathers view this pool as a symbol of baptism. And if the pool is a symbol of baptism, the area of the pool, we can say, is symbolic of the church. Symbolic of the church. In other words, if you want to be made well, if you want to get better, stay close to, stay close to the church. Stay close to the church because just as the angel sometimes comes down and he stirred that water in the pool of Bethesda, God periodically, sometimes, he stirs the hearts of those who are in the church. He stirs the hearts of those who are in the church. You know that feeling? That feeling, I'm going to call it the prodigal son feeling. The prodigal son feeling when he came to his own. This is the feeling, the feeling that I need to repent. I need to change my way. This is the angel or God stirring in your heart. He's stirring in your heart. He's stirring the waters of your heart. And he can do this in many ways he can do this. But the best way to do it is to come to the church. The church is like a specialized heart-stirring center. A specialized heart-stirring center. Yani, you can learn many ways, can't you? You can learn many places. You could learn from Wikipedia. You can learn from Beauty Your Friends. You can learn from a multitude of different places. The speed places called schools, and the school is specialized place of learning. What the church is, specialized place of heart stirring. Heart stirring. This is a place of heart stirring. God can stir the hearts of many in many ways. That's why in the liturgy, the priest he says, lift up your hearts. And the congregation says, they are with the Lord. They are with the Lord. And actually, if you, if you paid attention to the Catholic epistle of today, St. Peter, he says, 
like the church, specialized places, so many, the liturgy, the readings, all of this stuff is like trying to stir your hearts and trying to move your hearts. And the Catholic epistle of today, it says, Beloved, now I write to you in the second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandments of us. St. Peter, he wrote the epistle, why? To stir us up, to stir up the hearts. During this pandemic, thanks be to God, there's been many blessings. And we can all count the blessings of the pandemic. But one thing that has been like catastrophic, disastrous, terrible, give me another word and I can put it in, is that many people have gotten used to being away from the church. Have gotten used to being away from the church. And I told you earlier that this pool is a symbol of baptism. Is a symbol of baptism. And this is important because the church wants to teach us is that there is no healing outside of the pool. The, the healing came from inside the pool, in the waters of baptism, in the church. The sacraments are part of the church. That's how we get healing. You can't find the sacraments at Walgreens. The pharmacy at the, that, uh, the, the, the pharmacy at Walgreens, they have a lot of pills, but they don't have sacraments. They can't, it doesn't have sacraments. Sacraments are the way of healing, the best way of healing. And the water at Bethesda was unique. And the fathers say it was unique for many reasons, but like the symbols of baptism for two reasons. One, this was not regular water. Why? Because the angel came and stirred it. And when the angel became and, came and stirred it, it became living water. It was restorative water. And similarly, the waters of baptism become living water living water through the presence of the Holy Spirit in it. Number two, another beautiful contemplation on this pool, is if you were looking down into this pool, do you think it was uh, like crystal clear water? think it was like, like a swimming pool, like a jacuzzi? Like, when one of the fathers said, this water was stained with blood from all the sick people that had like gone and tried to wash and tried to, to get healing. And he says the waters of baptism are also stained by, stained by the blood of Christ. And it is the blood of Christ in baptism that washes us and makes us new. So in order to be healed, we need to stay close to the church so that when God, He stirs our heart, when he feels that you feel your heart moving, you can immediately go and jump into the pool and receive washing and receive healing. Kind of reminds me of when you're waiting for, you know, when you're at the airport and you're waiting for your bag. The carousel is so long. But where does everybody line up? Everybody is like, I don't know, pre-COVID. We, everyone used to line up right at the... Because they're so eager, they want to be the first people to get their bags and go home. And similarly, if people are so eager to get their bags, you should be eager to meet the Lord. Be eager to get healing. Be the first one. 
Be ready to be the first one to jump in. When God stirs your heart, be ready to jump in and to make the move to get healing. Number three, in order to be healed, in order to get well, we can never lose hope. We can never lose faith. We have to wait patiently for the Lord. Before the Lord asked the paralytic, He said, do you want to be made well? It's written, and the scripture says something very beautiful. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there, I think what it says, says he, he, he knew what was good, that this man was in this condition for a long time. Says he knew that this man was in the condition for a long time. And then after he said he knew that he was in this condition for a long time, he says, do you want to be made? Be made well? The point is the Lord knew his condition. The Lord knows our condition. He knows our struggles. He knows our weaknesses. So don't lose hope. Keep persevering. That's why the gospel of last night in the Vespers was about the persistent widow. And the purpose of the parable of the persistent widow was that men should not lose heart. That they should pray and not lose heart. I love what we pray in the litany of the sick. We say, he who loosens the bound and uplifts the fallen. We say, the hope of those who have... No hope. The help of those who have no help, no helper. The comfort of the faint-hearted. The harbor of those in the storm. Ah, the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the harbor of those in the storm. And if you pay attention to the readings of today, all the readings of today is very kind of interesting. All the readings of today were about the Lord's coming. They were all about the Lord's coming. To say, wait patiently, the Lord is coming. Don't worry, the Lord is coming. Don't lose hope. You might be in a trial, you might feel infirmity, you might be paralyzed now. But don't worry, stay close and the Lord is coming to heal you. He, this paralytic man, he was paralyzed for 38 years and he never lost hope. I'll conclude with one quote from a church father. He says something unbelievable. He says, The perseverance of the paralytic man is outstanding. The perseverance of the paralytic man is outstanding. For 38 years he lay there waiting, each year hoping to be healed, but always prevented by those who were stronger. Yet he never gave up. Nor he never despaired. It says that's why when the Lord questioned him in order to show the steadfastness of the man, and not of course because he was not because he was ignorant of the answer. Like the Lord asked him, Do you want to be made well? Not because he didn't know the answer. He wanted to show us how like steadfast this man is. How does he answer? He says, with great kindness and gentleness, Yeah, Lord, I wish to be healed. But I have no man who is able to carry me in the water. He does not answer with blasphemy. Huh. Which he, of course I want to be made well. You don't know me? Yeah? I've been sitting here for 38 years. He answered so gently. He answered so nicely. He does not rebuke Christ for asking a stupid question. This is what the church father says. He does not rebuke Christ for asking a stupid question. He does not curse the day 
of his birth, as we often do. As we often do. Oh, and I'm so alone. And I'm faint-hearted as we are when we are undergoing much lesser affliction than he is. He answers meekly and pleadingly. If we want to get better, we must have the desire, a desire to get better. Remember that the solution is easy. Number two, we must stay close to the place of healing. And number three, never lose hope, never lose faith. Wait patiently for the Lord. And glory be to God forever. Amen.